Hey, welcome everybody. Praise God. Are you ready to get in the Word today? Let's pray. Father, thankful and grateful so much for your Word, words of life. I ask that you would speak through me to bless and to be a blessing to these people today. May the eyes of our hearts be enlightened, our hearts be strengthened, and may we leave this place changed by your power in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and verse 19, it says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but you were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish, and without spot. Now, I love what the New Century Version says about this verse. He says, you know that in the past you were living in a worthless way, a way passed down from the people who lived before you, but you were saved from that useless life. You were bought not with something that ruins like gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, who was like a pure and perfect lamb. I'm glad today that you and I who are born of God have been saved from being useless and worthless. There was not enough money that could purchase your salvation. Not enough gold that could purchase your salvation. The only thing valuable enough to save the souls of men is and was the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, let's give him praise. His blood was completely pure. It was completely perfect. You and I have been bought with a price. So I want to lay a foundation for this message by asking you a question. Who are you? You know, the angels looked upon man and they just wondered, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And what is man that the Son of God visits him? How many of you know that you are on the mind of God? You are precious in his sight. He sent his, he sent his precious son, shed his precious blood for precious people just like you and just like me. Amen? Amen. Now, all of us, naturally speaking, have some sense of identity. We know we were born. We knew many of us who our parents were. We knew where we went to school and we knew the things that we did. We knew the things that we were according to the flesh. And that affects every area of our life. But the crux of my message today is in this one statement. Are you ready to hear it? If your identity is based on anything you can lose, it is based on the wrong thing. If how you see yourself and if how you measure your life is based on anything that is temporary, on anything that can be lost, we are in danger. You know, in growing up on the playgrounds, there were a lot of bullies out there. There were a lot of people that picked on other kids. And so many times these children who were bullied upon grew up with a sense of being inferior. I want you to know that in Christ Jesus there are no inferior children of God. We are all sons and daughters of the Most High God. So no matter what the world may have tried to label you in growing up, when you come into Christ Jesus, you are in right standing with Him. You are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Other people are identified by their, their abilities to sing. 
Some people are identified by their ability to be a good athlete. Some are identified, you know, by the fact that they were a cheerleader or they got all straight A's or they were the student council president. All those things may be so and all those things may be true. But once you grow up and once you get out of those arenas, if you are not grounded and rooted and settled in the gospel, in the covenant, those things are fleeing. Those things are past. And once you grow out of those things, it can be very discouraging if you don't know who you are. Somebody say amen. How many have ever heard of identity theft? Identity theft is a pretty big issue in the world today. You want to make sure that you lock your iPhones and that no one knows the code. You want to make sure that you watch your goods at the airport. I can remember a few years back that one of our guest speakers had her purse stolen right at the Oakland airport. Well, how many of you know if your purse is stolen, your identification is stolen? Because in your wallet are all your credit cards and all of your identification things. Now, today, they have what they call LifeLock. Anybody ever heard of LifeLock? Well, LifeLock is basically a service that monitors your identity. It monitors all of your, uh, monitors all of your things. And so you get a report every month to say that there's been no incidents and that everything is okay. And everyone said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, there's another thing I'd like to call lock down the life of God on the inside of you and make sure that you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and get locked into your covenant and hold fast to the word of God and don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. You see, the Bible talks about the renewing of your mind. And it says that we are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now understand this, that the world's system is going down the stream that everyone seems to be going down in this day and in this age. But when you come into the family of God, you must not go downstream with the world. You must go upstream with the Word of God. There is the world system and then there's the Word of God system. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. But be changed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, think the thoughts of God. Speak the word of God. Let his word live in you richly. Don't allow the world to label you what God has not called you. I'm going to say it over here. Don't allow the world to label you what God has not called you. See, the world will call you a victim, but the Word always calls you a victor. The world will call you barely getting along and poor, but the world calls you rich, wealthy, wise, the head and not the tail. The world will call you sick, but the Word will call you healed. The world will call you depressed, but the Word of God says the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
And so in every area of your life, you've got to look at this world system through the lens of God's Word. And you've got to look at your circumstances through the lens of God's Word. In other words, at the end of the day, what does the Word say? We don't live by what the world say. We go God's way, and we live by, the, by what the Word of God has to say. Amen. And what does this Word say about you? What does this Word declare about your life? Oh, great and precious promises belong to you and belong to me, those of us who are purchased possessions, those of us that have been called out of darkness into His marvelous light, stand upright and in right standing before the King of the universe. We need to learn what the Word of God has to say about us and boldly declare what He has said. Amen. And then, it's really important as a parent, as a coach, as a teacher as a leader in the community, that you do not allow the enemy to use you to degrade people. How many of you know this world is hurting? And people in this world are hurting. They say that three out of ten people that you meet are brokenhearted, are broken down by life. The world does not need to be kicked. The world does not need to be tore down. The world needs to be built up. The world needs to be blessed. Your children don't need to be called no good idiots and fools or scum. Your kids need to be called what the Word of God calls them. Your kids deserve, come on somebody, your words deserve a mom, a dad, a grandpa, or a grandmother that will speak words of life. Tell them that they're smart. Tell them that they're quick. Tell them that they're bright. Tell them that there's nothing that they can't do in and through Christ Jesus. You see, it's difficult to encourage others if you're all bummed out. And that's why the Bible says that we must constantly stay filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the Word of God and encourage ourselves in the Lord so that when we are encouraged, we can go out and build up and bless and not tear down or curse people. Come on. I believe I'm looking today at a congregation full of Barnabases. What is a Barnabas? A Barnabas is a character in the Word of God that literally means he was the son of consolation. He is the son of encouragement. Oh, hallelujah. I can think of the people, the men and women in my life, that have been encouragers to me. I think of Dad Hagen, who always would wake up in the morning and say, Lord, make me a blessing today. And sitting under his ministry for decades, I never left one of his messages discouraged. I never left one of his messages or left his presence feeling like I was inferior. When I left the presence of Brother Hagen, who lived his life in the presence of God, and that was the key... I always felt encouraged. I always felt built up. I always could say to the mountain, you know what, you got to move, hallelujah, because I am a world overcomer. And those are the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with.
You don't want to surround yourself with sour pusses. You don't want to surround yourself with pessimists. You don't want to surround yourself with negative people. I mean, it's easy to be negative. It's easy to be pessimistic. And it's easy to be discouraged in this day in which we live. But if you will surround yourself with winners, if you will surround yourself with those who call on the name of the Lord and who live their life before the Lord every day with a sense, hallelujah, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Those are the kind of people that are going to be encouragers to you. I can remember when I was in treatment in 1974 and 1975, the drug counselor would point at me and he would say, Mark, stick with the winners. And in that state hospital, there were winners, there were whiners, and there were losers. I discovered who the winners were. And I began to run with the winners. And today, I am a winner. Not in myself, but I am a winner in and through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! The men and women that have spoken into my life have been a blessing to me. And I believe that God has graced me with the gift of encouragement, with the gift of blessing other people. Amen. And that is available to each and every one of you. Our kids deserve words of life. Our kids deserve words of love. You know, maybe your child isn't as talented as you'd like them to be in a certain area. Maybe you had a plan for their life. But what's not important is your plan for their life. But what's important is God's plan for their life. And the best thing you can do for your children is live right before them. Live a holy life. Live in the fear of the Lord. Live righteously. Live as a covenant man or a covenant woman before your children. And then you help them discover what God has placed on the inside of them. Never tell your kids you can't. Always tell you, unless they want to stay out all night. <laughs> never tell your kids that you'll never be able to do this. You'll never be able to do that. But minister to them what Philippians 4.13 says. Philippians 4.13 says, quote it with me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, it's a very serious thing, the kind of words that you speak over your kids. It's a very serious thing, the kind of words I speak over this congregation. It's a very serious thing, the kind of words you speak over me and Pastor Tom and Pastor Brenda. And it's an extremely serious thing, the words that we speak about one another. We are to never allow any foul or polluting or judgmental or critical word ever come out of our mouths about anyone. You see, the law that we live under as Christians is the law of love. And this love that's on the inside of you will always build up. It will always bless. Look with me to Matthew, or actually Matthew chapter 5, if you would. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Everyone say amen. amen. Matthew, the fifth chapter. And I'm going to look at it in the New Living Translation. We're getting something today. In Matthew 5:22, in the New Living Translation, it says, But I say... If even you are angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Now, Jesus said that. I didn't. 
Now, Young's literal translation says this. It says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry at his brother without cause. How many of you know that you can get angry? But the Bible says, be angry and sin not. How can I be angry and sin not? Shut my mouth. He that refraineth his lips is wise. He that has a big mouth will constantly have sin in his or her life. But I say to you that everyone who is angry at his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever shall say to his brother, this includes your kids. This includes your pastor. Empty fellow. (laughs) Another translation says, worthless fool, you good for nothing. The Amplist says, you curse fool, you empty-headed idiot. The message says, loser or fool or scum. It says, those people will have to answer to the high court. Maybe we better pray right now. Lift your hands up. We need to do it right now. Pray with me, Lord Jesus. Oh, forgive me, Lord. Forever degrading anyone during my life. I judge it in the name of Jesus. And from this day forward, I shall speak words of life, words of love, and words of light. Is that you? Hallelujah. Amen. I pray that you'll come into contact this week with people that need a good word. You know, there's something about a word in season that's awesome. And you can do it. You can be a blessing. You see, it's true that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so I encourage coaches and teachers and parents and friends, employers and employees, that your words can help, they can encourage, or they can discourage. Use your influence this week. Use your words to speak life to somebody. Amen? Make a positive difference in someone's life this week. You see, words are power-packed, are they not? Words bless or curse, build up or tear down. And you know, all of us have self-talk. We need to be mindful about the words we speak about ourselves. You should never look in the mirror and say, you failure. You should look in the mirror and say, you're more than a conqueror. You should never look at yourself and call yourself stupid or dumb. Rather, say, I have the mind of Christ, and the wisdom of God is formed within me. What kind of words are you speaking in your home about yourself? What kind of self-talk goes on in your life where maybe you have made a mistake? You see, God can take that mistake, and he can turn it around into a message. What kind of words are you speaking when the pressure's on? What kind of words are you speaking when the test comes your way? What kind of words are we speaking when the crises of life come to us? And the crises of life come to all of us, don't they? See, the thing that the enemy would want is because he is the devaluer of our lives and he is the accuser of our brethren, he would want us to speak from a very low, depressed, discouraged place. 
But here's what I've discovered. It's just as easy to talk faith as it is to talk fear. It's just as easy to talk victory as it is to talk defeat. You're going to say something anyway, so you might as well say the right thing. And God's Word shows you the right thing to say for any and every situation that you may face. Amen? If it's a financial test and if it's financial pressure, here's what you should say. My God is El Shaddai. He's the God who's more than enough. And He meets my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Listen, if it's a test of anxiety, if it's a test of fear... Here's what believers say. Believers declare, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. I've rolled all my care upon my Father because He loves me and cares for me. Hallelujah. What are you saying about yourself? What words are a way of life for you? And this is the thing that really really helped me when I first got saved way back in the 70s. You know, I'm doing quite a bit of thinking and researching about men's ministry right now. And I'm doing quite a bit of research and praying and thinking about this upcoming emphasis that we're having on secrets of sobriety. What I'm going to do and others are going to do, we're going to share some principles from God's Word that we've discovered that have helped us not only get free from addiction, but to stay free. And by the grace of God, I've been free for over four, about 40 years. And so I got to thinking about it. You know, in the 70s and in the 80s, what was so valuable and so vital in our lives was holding fast to what God's Word said about what we have, who we are, and what we can do in Christ Jesus. You know, Charles Camp wrote a little, Charles Camps wrote a little book years ago called God's Creative Power Will Work for You. And I had all sorts of hang-ups. I had all sorts of inferiority complexes. I had all sorts of clouds of condemnation hanging around me. Even though I was born again and filled with the Spirit, I wasn't really free here. I was set free here. But how many of you know it's good to be free not only here, but here? And so my mind was clouded with condemnation and clouded with guilt and insecurities. But someone came along with the life-changing Word of God and began to share with me who He is and what He is and then who I am and what I am, not in Mark, but in Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, you can lose what you are in yourself, but you can never lose who you are, and what you are in Him. Amen. Amen? You can lose the contract. You can lose, you know, being a great football player, whatever the case may be. You can lose that. But you can never lose this unchanging covenant with a covenant-keeping God. Woo! Glory to God. So my mind was clouded. My mind was condemned. And I discovered that I didn't have to put up with that one day longer in my life, but I could be renewed, I could be transformed by the renewal of my mind, by the covenant that I have with God. And so I found these scriptures, and I began to say them over 
and over and over and over again about my life. I walked down the road on the way to work before I had an automobile. And I said, but my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. A couple months later, voila, I met Brenda Raylene Edwards who had a car. Hallelujah. But I didn't marry her for her car. I married her for her inside beauty. I married her because she was an on-fire, Holy Ghost-filled, tongue-talking, divine healing, Bible-believing Christian. And beautiful on the outside, too. Hallelujah! Just walk it out. I kept walking it out. My God, my, 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 my God supplies all my needs. And my, 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 my God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for all. If you'll trust him, believe his word, and say what he said. And so this is one of the things on my list. For secrets of sobriety. Find out who he is. Find out what he is. And discover that he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit, that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. It's the hope of glory. And in him there is no darkness and in him there is no past. For you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Come on, somebody help me today. All things have become new. So I took that book and I said it over and over and over again to where it's just branded in my heart. It's branded in my heart not because I remembered it, but because I believed it and said it, and by God's grace I've been able to act on it. And so I said things like I want you to say. I'm part of the body of Christ, and Satan has no power over me. I am of God and have overcome Satan, for greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm far from oppression, and fear does not come nigh me. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Glory to God. He's given his angels charge over me, and they keep me in all my ways. Hallelujah! About 75 scriptures, day after day, month after week, month after month, year after year, and still declaring his word today. I'm here to tell you, that if you will not be conformed to the philosophical spirit of this world and you will see your life and you will see yourself and you will see your circumstances through the lens of God's Word, it will change you, it will transform you, it will keep you, it will heal you, it will bless you, and it will make you what you ought to be. So the decision then is mine daily and the decision is yours daily we can go the way of the world we can go the way that the world is going or we can go the way of the kingdom of God how many of you have chosen the kingdom of God hallelujah you see the world is shakable the world changes their mind but you and I have been brought into a kingdom that is absolutely unshakable we serve a God who says I am the Lord and I don't change we serve a Jesus who says I'm the same yesterday today and forever I want to plant my feet and live my life in that kingdom how about you so whatever comes your way in life Whatever decisions that you need to make, whether it be purchasing a home or marrying a mate 
or whatever the case may be, what does the word say about it? What does the B-I-B-L-E say about it? And I guarantee you, if you'll go with the word and stay with the word, this word will work for you and it will keep you and it will bless you and you will live long and you will live strong in the earth today. Come on, let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So our self-talk is muy importante. Is it not? Not words like, oh, you know, I'm not much. I used to be pretty good. You know, I used to play basketball in the eighth grade. I won the city championship in the last two seconds. I used to play basketball with George Mikan's kids. I tell that all the time, and people look at me, who in the world is George Mikan? I just hung out with my pastor this past weekend. Something about Pastor Hagen and I, the older we get, the better we were. But, you know, that really doesn't matter. What matters is who you are in him. Raise your hand and say, in him, I live, I move, and I have my being. So somebody says, you know, I I used to be pretty good, but pastor, you know what? I've messed up. I'm a failure. Based on what? You're not a failure. The creator says you are the apple of my eye. The creator has every hair on your head numbered. From before, listen now, from before the foundation of the world, he wanted you. He wanted you. Even though he knew all the dumb stuff you'd do, he still wanted you. Because he highly values you. Because you're bought with a price and you're purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so what am I saying today? I'm saying don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. And if this word is going to work for you, you've got to build it on the unchanging rock of God's word. Quickly turn to Matthew chapter 7. Are you getting anything this morning? Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. And then he goes on to say in verse 22, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And here's what he will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So do you see then that their identity was in the things that they had done? In verse 24 it says, But whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Say it with me. I'm a hearer and I am a doer. And then he says, I'll show you that he's a wise man which built his house upon what? the rock the rain came the floods came the winds blew and it beat upon that house it experienced pressure it experienced tests but it didn't fall and why did it not fall because it was built on what verse 26 and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man built his house upon the sand and the rain came floods came winds blew beat upon that house And it fell, and great was the fall of it. Why? 
because it was built on the sand. In other words, it was built on something that could be lost. It was built on something that could be moved. But you and I have built our, our house in our life on the unchanging rock of our salvation, the unchanging rock of the Word of God, and nothing can cause this rock to roll. Hallelujah. And so we will never, ever know who we are until we find out who He is. And in closing, I just want to share with you some scriptures that have helped Brenda and I for so many years, since the 70s, and it'll help you too. And if you'll simply believe these and say these this week, you will be well on your way not having your identity identity stolen, right? Now, one of the things, the Lord reminded me of this in between services, one of the things that causes our identity to be stolen or lost is neglect. How many of you know you can leave your front door open at church or, you know, while you're at church and someone come in and steal everything? That's neglect. Another thing that causes us to lose our identity, naturally speaking, is forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. Well, where'd you put your wallet, Mark? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I left it in the locker at the club. Forgetfulness. Forgetfulness and neglect. Now listen to this are an open door to the enemy to rip you off, naturally and spiritually. We must not forget who we are in Christ. And the best way that I know not to forget who I am in Christ is to read it continuously, to say it continuously, and to act on it continuously. So you ready to do that for a moment or two? Here's what Paul said, and I'll just read these to you for the sake of time. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, he says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. Let's say this together. By God's grace, I am what I am. I can do what I can do by God's grace in me. And I love the last part of this verse. Paul said, I labored more abundantly than everyone, yet not I, but it's because the grace of God was with me. See, the grace of God is sufficient for you in your life to do the things that God's called you to do. Isn't that good news? I can't stand up here, Tony, without his grace. I'd fall flat on my face trying to communicate with a company of believers like you if I didn't have his grace. You cannot do anything in and of yourself. In you, you are nothing. In you, you can do nothing. But you are not in you. Christ is in you. And through Christ, you can do all things. Say with me again, I am what I am by the grace of God. Galatians 3.26 says, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. And then it says in verse 29, Since you are Christ, you are Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. Say it with me, I'm an heir. According to the promise, along with Abraham. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6, and I want us to look at this one if we could. Let's read it together. And because you are sons, glory to God. Say it with me, I'm a son of God. 
Now look at verse 7. Let's read that together. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son... Whoo, glory! The message says this. If you're a child, you're also an heir. Now listen, with complete access to this inheritance. Now let's look at Romans 8, verse 17. Romans the 8th chapter, verse 17, says this. And if we are all his children, then we are his heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs or joint heirs with Jesus Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Amen. Amen. That's the amplified version. That was the message there. And that's good too. But say, William, I'm an heir of God. And I'm a joint heir with Jesus. And I am sharing this inheritance with him. Hallelujah. How many of you ever received an inheritance in the natural realm? You've received an inheritance in the natural realm? Was it good? Yeah. Amen? Amen. Did you know that we have an inheritance in Christ? Is it good? It absolutely is. The way that we find out what we inherit is we must read the will. And the will shows us what we've inherited. Hallelujah. And Jesus not only died to leave us this inheritance, but he rose from the dead to see to it that his inheritance is carried out to all those that believe and declare that he is alive and that he rose from the dead. Say this with me. Jesus died and rose from the dead. I'm now an heir of God and I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I have joint seating with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. I've been joined to the Lord and I am one with him. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm no longer in the flesh. I am in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm seated with Him. I have authority through the Word and in the name. I declare His Word is true. And I'm walking in it. And I'm living in it. The devil can't steal my identity from me. It cannot be lost. So here's what we do then. We just, we just base our identity not on the fact that we might be a mathematician or a scientist or the president of the United States or a senator or a warehouseman or a retiree. We base our identity on whose we are Amen. and who we are yes, in, him. in Him. 
And you know what? That is so liberating. Because I know that if I ever do retire at the age of 105, (laughs) and then when I leave this pulpit, and I leave these premises, my success and my completeness is not based on the fact that I'm a senior pastor. My life is based on that Jesus loved me and gave his life for me. And he shed his blood for me. And I'm simply a child of God, a son of God. Therefore, I can hold my head up high. No matter what comes my way, no matter what comes your way, learn to live your life by what the word has to say about who you are and what you have in Jesus Christ. The last scripture I want to look at is Colossians chapter 2. You getting anything? I'm getting blessed preaching this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heirs of God. Joint heirs with Jesus. You know what a joint heir is, don't you? A joint heir in the Greek is one who is in union together with an inheritor. Hallelujah. And uh, in Colossians 2, 6, it says, As you there have received Christ Jesus the Lord, what are we going to do? We're going to walk in in Him. We're going to be rooted and built up in Him. From this day forth, we're going to be more firmly established in the faith. We've been taught the Word of God. And we're going to live our lives in an increase of thanksgiving to God. Let's just try that on for size right now. Come on, let's just thank Him. Glory to God. Verse 8 says, now beware, beware. You know, whenever you see the word beware, you must be aware. Be aware of what? Be aware lest any man spoil you. Through what? Philosophy and vain deceit. Now notice, after the tradition of who? The traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. So he says this, make sure that you are aware of the fact that in life there will be some philosophical things that come from the spirit of this age, from the world's system, that will attempt to spoil you and will attempt to take you out of and off of your covenant with a covenant-keeping God. You see, the world also has a lens, do they not? The world sees life through the lens of the spirit of this world, through the God of this world. We're not talking about the God of the universe. We're talking about the illegitimate, small G-O-D, the devil, God of this world. It's an anti-Christ system, the world's system is. So if we live our lives by something that is subject to change, one day up and one day down, we'll be like this. But oh... If you'll stand on the rock. No matter what men may say, I'm going with what the Word of God has had to say. Say with me forever. O Lord, your Word is established in heaven, and I establish your Word in my heart. Verse 9, for in Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead 
bodily. Now notice verse 10. I asked the earlier crowd. Some of them had their shouting clothes on, but most of them didn't. You know, sometimes they come with them on, sometimes they don't. I got a question for you. Did you wear your shouting clothes? I thought you did. Did you wear your garment of praise? Remember I said a few weeks ago, the garment of praise ought to be put on and kept on. Amen. You ought not to pick it up in the choir room when you come into church and say, oh, praise the Lord, glory to God. And then it's time to dismiss. You go back to the choir room and hang your garment of praise up. Your garment of praise won't do you any good except for the hour that you're in church. This garment of praise will exclude the spirit of heaviness out of your life if you will keep it on and live in the praises of God. So, once again, did you wear your shouting clothes? I lost some of you. Once again, did you wear your shouting clothes? Well, let's give the Lord a big shout one more time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm about ready to do a lap. Hallelujah. You know, Maureen Harrigan, she used to do a lap over there on Fargo Avenue. She'd start out running, and then she'd run right out the door into the parking lot. Glory to God. Well, that's how I feel this morning. I'm ready to run around the building. I'm ready to run around the parking lot because I know who my Redeemer is. I know who I am in Christ. Hallelujah. Let's read this last verse together. Ready, read. And you are complete in Him, which is the head complete you are complete you are already complete in him you do not become complete when you finish that project you do not become complete when you please your husband or you please your wife in Christ you are complete in him so I don't need you to complete me and you don't need me to complete you I don't need Brenda to complete me. She doesn't need me to complete her. What we are is we are completed people in Christ Jesus. And together we're under a mission to go tell the world just how good our God is. Amen. Let's stand up, everybody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, right now, we thank you for the precious blood of the Lamb that you have shed for your precious people. Lord, we choose never ever from this day forward to base our identity or our self-worth on something that can be changed or something that we can lose. Lord, we pray for just a rebirth of Holy Spirit word-filled, hallelujah, rebirth, self-worth in the name of Jesus. And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed,